Welcome to Motherhood on Tap, the podcast where two mamas watch a lot of documentaries and judge a whole bunch of other parents in the process. I'm Sarah Duncan. And I'm Pamela Walker-Dees. Hi. Hi. Our super long introduction, but it's still nice. Mm-hmm. We're still finding ourselves, but it's feeling good. We're finding our wings. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what's wrong with me tonight. The sun has been shining for two for for a day. Like I truly like went outside and just like stood there. <laughs> Absorb it. I don't recommend living anywhere remotely close to the Arctic Circle. <laughs> Well, I actually have, I've been diagnosed with seasonal affective disorder on top of my depression and stuff. So, oh yeah, yeah. Between my psychiatrist and my primary care doctor and my therapist, they're all like, so this is, these are things we don't want you to do. Like they specifically told me to have my babies in the spring or summer. So I wouldn't be on maternity leave when it's dark out and I wouldn't feel Uh, even more depressed. Yeah. Oh, wow. And like, no, don't have like major surgery at that, you know, around that time where it's like the most dark and because you're not able to get outside and move as much. That's very insightful. There's other things they told me and I need to get one of those lamp things. And after having like, what, seven days of straight rain, Mm -hmm. Mark was like, when you get paid, can you buy one of those UV lamp things that you've been talking about? Mm -hmm. And I was like, was I really annoying? And he was like you were just really sad (laughs) there was a lot going on that i didn't i didn't love it i love you but didn't love it are you talking from mark's perspective yes okay i was about to be like what did i text you i have you have you watched the show schitt's creek no i need to watch it okay because i feel like i'm talking a lot like david who's like um is that dan is that dan is that levy Levy? yes I love that show so much. Okay. Yes. Yeah, so I think I recommend a new TV show for you every week. Yes. You have a I, lot to do. I do have a lot to do. Damn. Stop it, Sarah. Sorry. But I will say we are not going to be judging a whole lot of parents in this one because this no. one you picked and it was super awesome. I admit this one was a bit of a stretch, but it, I don't think it was. It turned out to be more tied into parenting than I initially thought. And we'll, we'll get into it a little bit. But what if we want? watching slash talking about today we watched bethany hamilton unstoppable <laughs> and it's on netflix and it's, it was directed by aaron lieber and yeah and released in 2019 so it's very recent it's very recent um oh before we forget oh no are- the drinks I'd say shit. The Should most we change it up and I'll I'll say what we're drinking this Yes, time? do it, do it, do it. We are back to having Moscow Mules a la my Drinkworks machine. Again, they're not a sponsor. I'm just that excited about it. Keurig, love us. Keurig. She loves your Keurig. she loves your your Drinkworks. I love your coffee. Let's do this. So like I I admit I get impatient sometimes when we get get ready to start recording. I think it's just more my anxious personality coming out. Like we gotta do the thing, we gotta do the thing. But this time it was like I want to start recording so I can start drinking my Moscow Mule. <laughs> and here I have been sipping this whole time. I'm like sip sip. <gasps> you cheating bastard. <laughs> Sorry. Okay. I never Come said I was perfect. Me. Tink. Tink. I'm sitting here going. But yes, good Moscow Mule, as mm-hmm. always. Get you a drinks work machine. It's it's on our wants list. It, <laughs> unfortunately, did. we want we are trying to find a way to say it's a need because <laughs> Because we have three little ones and they're just, just, I left him in chaos. I feel so bad. 
just throw throw the flat the flash bang in the door and run away. I did. I did put Brianna down for him. So that's why I, di- I didn't get here to like literally time. Mm-hmm. So I put her down and then like they, the, the Sabrina and Aurora kept trying to like guilt me into staying. And I was like, are you freaking kidding me? I have not recorded in ages. Okay. Okay. You can go. I'm like, it's, Mommy's leaving. it's the one damn thing I do. <laughs> this is about me. <laughs> for once. <laughs> I, I love you <laughs> I know it's like I love you be good for daddy I don't want to hear that you're being a pain love you but god damn I know alright so shall we jump jump into Bethany Hamilton on yes I do want to say it was really interesting that like a couple of her sponsored help sponsors yeah help produce this so Rip Curl and Corksicle and I love mm-hmm. some Corksicle I got a couple of their thermoset things nice yeah so first of all, I have to say that the cinematography throughout this documentary is gorgeous. So I'm watching it and I'm like, the one place I want to live ever. Like, that's my dream. I know it's so expensive to live uh-huh. there in Hawaii, but I just. <sighs> so one day when you make your billions. Sure. That's where you're going to go. One day when. So I'm almost 39. So I'm going to make my billions when I'm what? 80? Maybe 60. Then you can snowbird it. So, so I make my billions pay off debt. <laughs> <laughs> so I uh, yes, but the cinematography because the opening image images mm-hmm. I wrote I kind of wrote down like the flow of it. Did you? Do you want me? Can I speak on that? Yes, please do. So I put it's a powerful opener with images of Hawaii. Mm-hmm. And we just see like the back of a young girl. And at first she's like staring at a wall of surfboards. And then we cut to running through a tropical forest. And then she's running out, looking over the edge of like the water of like a cove. Mm-hmm. And then over all these images, you hear like different announcers, like, you know, and our champion is Bethany Hamilton. And then um, before we get to the title card, you see Bethany in a wetsuit and then like a tiger shark's like floating behind her. Mm-hmm. And I was like, dang, get they on get, it. They get really intense with the imagery in some areas. So very briefly, for anyone who doesn't know who Bethany Hamilton is, she is, we'll go into more details in a little bit, but she is a professional surfer. So You'll, we'll hear more about her backstory throughout this documentary. But in case you're like, okay, why are we in Hawaii and looking at surfboards? It is That is where Bethany lives. That's where she grew up. And that is what she does for a living. Yes, that's her passion. That's her life. So we meet Bethany's brother, Timmy. And he tells us that basically all surfers dream of and are always chasing the type of waves they love to surf. Like, you know, because... The great waves. Yeah, like not, not just... Any wave is is a great surf wave, but there are certain places in the world where either the waves are huge or they break in a certain way that... Uh, yeah, and, like, apparently I learned a whole lot about surfing. Like, there's certain types of surfing, and, like, mm-hmm. there's one where, like, it's called barrel surfing, and that's when as the wave is starting to cap over and it makes, like, a barrel, like essentially, a tunnel, yeah. and they kind of go through the tunnel, yeah. hmm And so he talks about, you know, there are all these special waves that really good surface dream of surfing in their lifetime. And he mentions that Bethany also has a lot of these dreams and also has very high standards in regards to the waves that she surfs. Like she, she really tries to go after, you know, the big hitters. Yeah. She, 
she comes across as like, if I'm going to do it, I'm going to do like go big or go home kind of mentality. And so what is the name of the one that we are learning about? We are learning about a wave that's called Jaws, which just, I mean, appropriately titled, right? Say, to me, to me, I'm like, could, I feel like a different name could have been selected. Let me see. So Jaws after a man-eating giant shark movie. Okay. Fantastic. Yeah, that works. And it is one of the most iconic waves in the world. And mm-hmm. it's the wave that Bethany has always dreamed of surfing. And what I love is that they interview a bunch of other pro surfers, mm-hmm. mostly men, and they themselves have we're talking about like how jaws like scare the crap out of them yeah and like there's a word they like uh, i think it was kelly slater he's the one i know well Mm -hmm. enough and he was like i've only surfed it twice and he's like scared the shit out of me both but they used to get the sensation they're like "Woo, i made it but they also like have to change their pants afterwards yeah i think several of them shorted themselves (laughs) the thing about these big waves is you know it's not just oh you wipe out and you're in the water and you're fine you could be up like 20, 30, 40 feet in the air. Yeah, if you're on top of the wave, yeah. yeah. that is a long way to fall. And also... The force of the wave coming down on you. Yes. And depending on where they are, like you have a certain area where it's safe to wipe out. But then there could be rocks or a reef or something that you could get washed into and like seriously injured on. So this is... This is not for the faint of heart. Yeah, surfing is so much better in the Pacific Ocean. Mm-hmm. So we're talking about like off of California, Hawaii, Fiji, all of those areas mm-hmm. where it's very rocky. So Bethany and her husband, Adam, have been diligently tracking the ocean swells in the Jaws area. Mm-hmm. And like we see them calling in to like their local, you know, weather and surf expert. And basically they're like, okay... You know, we had a plan that as soon as the conditions were right, we were going to immediately pack up and head for Maui, like not like drive, like jump on a plane so that they could be there within 24 hours to take take advantage of the conditions. Like yeah. this, no joke. They this is serious no about this. Which I think it's funny because her husband Adam is like, when she first told me she wanted to surf Jaws, I was like, or she wanted to go to like do Jaws, I was like, okay, woohoo, let's do it. He's like, I had no idea what it was, and then he's then he's like, then I found out, and I was like, oh. oh. and so this isn't just like a surfing trip for the two of them they there's safety gear that has to be assembled safety team they have a whole team that has to come together like yes because if if something happens out there they need people like ready to go to help yeah and this type of wave from my understanding it's like it's to get like these waves it's not the waves that you get towards the shore you got to go past the sandbar where they're the big waves so you have a boat going out yeah. You have a usually of like almost like a pontoon boat going out, mm-hmm. jet skiers, all that stuff waiting. They even have the little paddle, uh, what do you call it? The rescue rafts mm-hmm. attached to the jet skis in case, you know, you need it. Yeah. So like, there are no jokes. They are, and like one of the rescue team members is like, these are all the things that go through your mind is the weather, the wind, you know whether she catches the wave at the top in the right spot where there's no rocks and if there are mm-hmm. rocks is she going to make it all the way down if she's not what are we going to do and yeah and like there are helicopters or jet skis or boats it's it is a production yeah and if like a storm is off the horizon do we wait do we mm-hmm. do we see how it goes oh i was like oh my god i'm so nervous so listening to this we see bethany her team like 
go out on the water. She climbs on the back of the jet ski and they kind of zoom off to start scoping out the incoming waves. And now we flash back to 20, I about to say 2013. We flash back to 2003. October 2003. Yes. And this is when we start seeing home video of emergency vehicles. We see a surfboard with a huge chunk missing from it. Yes. So what happened in 2003? In 2003, she was attacked while surfing uh, with her best friend, Alana, off the coast uh, in her home of Kauai. Uh, and she lost her left arm by a tiger, sh- a tiger shark attack. Yes. And have you ever seen the movie Soul Surfer? I have not. I have a, I knew you were going to ask me. Yeah. Um, I have a thing about fictionalized versions of like nonfiction books. It like, mm-hmm. they kind of get on my nerves cause they dramatize Dramatize stuff. it. Yeah. Um, like I found, like I, I knew Michael Orr's story. So I watched the blind side and like, not everything's right in that book. Yeah. It's actually gone off the rails a few times. Uh-huh. Um, but as far as hers, I don't know about hers. I haven't yet mm-hmm. watched it. I, I will say, yeah, there definitely is a little bit of that, that dramatization, but I will say, I think the scene where she actually gets attacked and she's taken to the hospital and they're like doing emergency surgery on her. I thought that actually was very well done. And if you listen to a lot of interviews from people who were there when the attack happened and who were there in the hospital with her, they captured a lot of those details about well, okay. what happened and how it went down. Well, I think she's the one that also, well, she wrote most of her memoir, right? I'm not sure, but I assume so. Okay. Uh, so we so we hear Bethany's parents talk about the day that she was attacked. So we hear Bethany's parents talk about the day that she was attacked by the shark mm-hmm. and lost her arm. Yeah. So her dad recalls walking into the hospital room and Bethany being white as a sheet and yeah. she just looks up at her dad and says don't worry dad i'm gonna be okay yeah and this is something that i learned from other documentaries and the movie is part of the reason she was so white is that she lost so much 60 percent of her blood volume yeah it's like, a, yeah they were amazed that she lived like, honestly she should not have lived no she shouldn't have and they said that one of probably the only reason she did was that she stayed so calm that she didn't exacerbate it yeah Yeah. and that's what kind of helped her to like hold on to just enough blood and just enough you know didn't somebody put a tourniquet on her i think so yes that definitely helps and so that that moment where he talked about her being so white that just really hit yeah and he also said that it was like he had that just heavy feeling as a dad seeing her like that Mm -hmm. but then her mom had like the perf like she it was something I would have said mm-hmm. when she saw her. So you wanna do you wanna Yeah. So she said that it was a heavy time, but she was just so grateful that her daughter was alive. It was almost like, yes, this was terrible, but she's alive. She's still with like that yes. and I put, you know, yes. I made a little note to myself, yes, we never want anything happening to our children, but if they are alive, then we can overcome it. Yes. Is what I was thinking. Absolutely. You know, because anything happens like but you're still here with me yeah and this was a hard moment for many reasons as you can imagine but in the midst of all this they had to wonder if this would be the end of bethany's surfing career because yeah because she she was gonna go professional yeah and she was already sponsored at the age of 13 when Mm -hmm. this happened like she was super young when this happened 
So her life was already on a certain trajectory, but they had no idea what would happen from here. Yeah. Yeah. Even her mom was saying, like, can you only surf with one arm? Yeah. She she recalls going home and looking around at all the surfing trophies and wondering, like, just where what we, now? Yeah. Like, where do we go from here? Like, is this is this even going to be part of her life yeah. anymore? Yeah. Um. Oh, and this hit me super hard to we see video of someone interviewing bethany in the hospital and they ask have they told you what's coming next and she you know kind of thinks for a minute but then her face falls and she just says i don't know so you can see like just such a heavy moment for her of like i don't know what's coming next medically i don't know what's coming next in my life like i just i don't know and i just feel like that's such a loaded question to ask an adult that might have mm-hmm. gone through something like that, gone through a loss of a limb like that. Mm-hmm. To ask a 13-year-old child, like, she doesn't know. And she has big dreams. Yeah. And when I first learned about Bethany's story, you know, I first learned about it when I think I was in high school. Yeah, because I'm a few years older than her. And so I would have been in high school when she got attacked. Yeah, I was in college. I was actually... Yeah. That was my last semester of undergrad. So when I heard about it, I really saw it from her point of view and like, oh, you know, the hurt of, you know, undergoing something like that and surviving and fighting to come back to achieve her dream. Since becoming a parent, I see it from her parents' point of view of, yes, oh my gosh, like something horrible has just happened to my child. And I'm so glad that they're still here. But that idea of like, I almost lost lost her and, you know, just helping them to figure out what their new, her new normal is. Yeah. And like, I can't, like, I can't think about the other stuff right now. I've got to think on like, how is she going to learn to live with one arm? Yes. So from there, we flash back again and yes. we go back 13 years before the attack and we're in Kauai, Hawaii. Can I just interject one thing? No. I, when you mentioned... Bite me. <laughs> Go ahead. When you mentioned the cine- cinematography, I wanted to ask you, did you not love how they took the, like, anytime they were transitioning back and forth, they would take the ocean and they would put it in reverse? Like, they would oh, yeah, reverse the water. That. So any of the flashbacks, they would do that before. And then when they would, like, jump back ahead, the water was normal <laughs> in between. I don't know. I just, I love the ocean. I want to be in Hawaii. Freaking A, this just made me just like want it even more. I did notice that the director was also the cinematographer. So I think that had a lot to do with it. With like, okay, I'm going to weave. He knows how to transit. Yeah, he knows how to transition well. Well, it was beautiful. But Mm -hmm. yes, we go, we go to Kauai, Hawaii. And we meet um, Sherry and Tom. So those are, those are Bethany's parents. And we've been talking to Milan, but we learned kind of, how they met, how they got into surfing. Yeah, they both were avid surfers. Yes. And they met in the, in, back in the 70s, and they were married in 1979. And I got to say, looking back at all the old videos and pictures of them, I'm like, this is so quintessentially 19. It's like a very Brady vacation with everyone with the little swimsuits and like the hair and everything. I loved it. I'm smiling because my sister Jennifer was born in 1979. And I just see, I just remember seeing that picture of like my mom holding her with my oldest sister and my dad. And they just look like straight out of, you know, the Brady bunch. (laughs) It really is. 
And so they say that their lives centered around two things. One, taking care of their family and two, making time to serve. I know. I thought that was hilarious. Like we've got to, we got to pay the bills and everything, but we got to make sure we have time to serve. But surfing. (laughs) (laughs) But let's do this. Yeah. But they, they found a way to make it work. Um, Bethany was born in 1990, which that made me feel old. Um, Made you feel old. Shoot. She's only three years younger than me, but just like going from the 80s to the 90s feels like such a big jump to me. And she has two older brothers, Timmy and Noah. And, you know, surprise, surprise, Sherry and Tom passed their love of surfing down to their three kids. And yes. Everyone in the family had a big love from it. But from an early age, Bethany in particular showed a real natural talent and love for the sport. Yes. When she was six years old, her dad said that's when she caught her first wave. So like literally got on the surfboard and got on top of the wave and surfed in <laughs> at six. At six. Yes. And I love how many home videos that they have throughout this documentary. Yeah. Because yeah. when you see videos of her when she is that young, it's and she's astonishing. Humongous board. And she's just paddling. She's so tiny. She's paddling in the water. But yeah, you can see, even as someone who is very uneducated about surfing, like, oh yeah, she's got just like a confidence and a skill, even at that very young age. And a really love. fascinating. Yeah. And a, like the sparkle in her eyes when she is surfing, like when she catches the wave and stuff, or like just sitting there in the water mm-hmm. waiting for the waves. And then when she sees one that might be and she's paddling towards it, I just was like, wow, that girl, she loves it. And she's got, it was even more so when she was young like this, she's got like the bleached blonde hair that just shows that. She's out in the sun all, all the time. The time. Like, you can tell she was on a board any time that she could be. Yeah, and her one her oldest brother, Timmy, he also has that that sun mm-hmm. sun hair. And by age eight, she says that she already knew she wanted to be a professional surfer. Like, oh yeah, this is gonna happen. This is this is gonna be a thing. Yeah, and like she but she does mention that like her parents, you know, living in Hawaii is very expensive. Mm-hmm. And so her parents would have like two or three jobs just to make ends meet. So like as they were going to like another part of town, they would just drop her and her brothers off at whatever the local beach was there. Mm-hmm. And she'd just go off surfing. And what I love was like there was this whole movie of I guess they must have dropped her off and they just followed her. Mm-hmm. And she's like running down the pier and she just like jumps into the water with her surf boy. <laughs> and I was like, I love it. I just love it. Like the they little water baby. Yeah, they made it work. And I did look it up. So I don't have full good numbers. But in 1990, the year she was born, a family of four, the estimated income to just live like bare minimum for a family of four mm-hmm. was $52,139. Which that was a lot back then. And that's a family of four. So Bethany was born then. So they became a family of five. And mm-hmm. I can just save my own personal experience fat you know, add maybe another three to five thousand on that. Yeah. For another mouth to feed, clothes, et cetera, et cetera. So I mean, you know, good on them though that they but she's like you know, they would just leave and they would come back and get us. And she's like, it, mm-hmm. it sounded like a really fun childhood to me. Yeah. It, I in I'm making the assumption that the reason Hawaii is so expensive is A, because it's a tourist area a tourist heavy area well, it's and also it's an island so there's just limited space and things need to be imported because right. i went to college like one of my 
my, my, I remember my freshman year sociology class, the girl sitting beside me, we were introducing, like, say something interesting. And she's like, I'm actually not an American. I mean, she spoke perfect English. She was like, I am Bahamian. Mm-hmm. She was born and raised in Bahamas. Mm-hmm. And I, I remember at the end of class, I was like, what the hell are you doing in North Carolina? <laughs> I was like, why would you want to leave Bahamas? And she's like, oh, it's just so expensive. Yeah. And she was telling me how much milk was, like milk like six seven dollars a gallon and that was back in the year 2000 so who knows Mm. so she was saying gas was expensive and like most people have bikes or golf carts and just different things like that and i'm just so i can i can safely assume that's those two things tourists and not a lot of space to create a whole lot of stuff so you have to have it all brought there Mm -hmm. and lack of accessibility not things are not readily accessible. Yeah, because like it's saying. not as close to the mainland as yeah, other it, stuff. It it kind of out there in the middle of nowhere. It really is, but it's so beautiful. It's so beautiful. Um. So at age nine, um, Bethany meets Alana Blanchard, and yes. they instantly become best friends. And it's and something that they really bonded over is that the fact that they were both very athletic and they love surfing together. Yes. Both really loved surfing. And I love when we meet Alana because she just, she said, you know, my friendship with her has been great because she had like this fearlessness to her. And Mm -hmm. so I would see her do something. And for a moment I would be like, Oh, I don't know if I can do that. And then she's like, well, I'll do it because Bethany's doing it. Mm -hmm. And she's like, so she's pushed me without realizing it. And I just thought, well, that's a great friendship right there. Yeah. It was like, peer pressure but the rare positive example yeah and it wasn't (laughs) jealousy like oh look at you being fearless or i'm trying to copy you it was you challenge me i challenge you yes and i love seeing we see these home videos of them together and you can tell (laughs) that they are just obviously such goofballs and they that they absolutely love spending time together and they play off of each other really well it's so cute i love that home movie with that her mom did when they're wearing like these glasses and they're mm-hmm. looking at girls surfing magazines uh and they're and they're like you know why well, yes we do love doing blah 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 all these things yes. and they're just i love it and so bethany and alana were absolute beasts and it's we hear over and over again that the two of them and this, but especially bethany like they would out paddle the adult surfers that were out in the water because how fast you can paddle makes a difference into not only how quickly you can get out into the deep water, but also your ability to catch waves because you've got to b- build up some speed in order to like get in the right position. Mm-hmm. And because of their talent, they ended up catching the eye of renowned surf coach Ben Ipa. I think mm-hmm. is how you pronounce it. Apio? I, I don't I, know. I, I, it was one of those where the spelling didn't quite match up with the way it was pronounced, but I missed the phonetic spelling. Um, so he was astonished by Bethany's work ethic and now and how her standards were always even higher than his. Like he would say, like, all right, we're gonna go run a mile on the beach. She's like, Oh no, you, right, you I think you got coaches' names mixed up. It was Russell Lewis was her first coach. Okay. Yeah. Sorry, okay. he the the Australian. Sure. They all blended together. <laughs> surf, all the surf dudes. I think I think Apio is later when she's recovering. I could be wrong. But I thought they went, I don't know. I don't know. Anyway. Someone coached her. But yes, and, and yes, the running of the beach. Yeah, and and so he, she, he'd be like, all right, go, everyone go run a mile. And she'd come back and be like, all right, I'm done. I'm going to go do another one. He's like, I did. Oh, okay. Yeah, he was like, you tell her to do something. She's like, I'll go do it harder. 
So with all that, all that talent and now they're being trained, um, Bethany now starts competing. Yeah. So do you want to tell us a little bit about how these competitions work? I didn't get all of it, but I remember like at first you start off what they call the beach start, start the beach start where mm-hmm. they're just paddling out to the wave. Yeah, like you actually all start in a line on the beach, they sound the horn and you just sprint into the water and and, go. and she like out paddled everyone Mm -hmm. and i do love it because they cut to her and she was like yeah i remember beating all the boys it's fun (laughs) it's fun i was like yes and she's basically winning like almost every tournament from then on out like there she's the one to beat she's the one to view um and then by 13 she gets So one thing that you really notice when you're watching her, um, and that's, you know, footage, interviews, anything, is just how humble she is. Yes. Even though she's extremely talented. And, you know, if anyone, you know, had the the right to the right to be to be like an egomaniac and just be super obnoxious about it. No, not at all. She was just, you know super chill like i'm just doing my thing and like you're, I, I mean doing it like and... you were saying like earlier that just the epitome of like that hawaiian surfer girl know, just like chilling this is, this is cool. i'm like one person was interviewing her like why do you think you surf so well i i just you know i listen to my coaches and my parents feedback and i just i just go try my best and train as much as i can i mean she just she truly is that person that you should hate her because of how talented she is. Like, like no one's ever going to beat her. She's so obnoxious, but you can't because she's just such a genuinely good person. Yeah. And then all the coaches that they've interviewed so far, like, but she's the athlete that you want to get that has the natural ability, but has the love and the drive at the same time. Yes. And also can take the criticism Mm -hmm. and improve. Mm -hmm. So, Another thing that hit me like a ton of bricks was when people were talking about how powerful her arms were and how they were like her secret weapon because she could paddle so fast. Yeah, I think it's kind of like the way Michael Phelps is when he's a big swimmer because he can. That's why the butterfly was like his, Mm -hmm. you know, swim because he could whoosh the water. And I remember hearing um, like it was on like an Olympic you know, special or something like that several years ago, how his arms are proportionally longer than most people's are. Yes. His, his actually, his arms and legs are actually proportionate to each other. And you're not supposed, you're like his, the length of his arm is the same length, almost the same length as his legs. Mm-hmm. So that's where he could, and that's not normal. Yeah, you get extra <laughs> leverage. And, so, and, and she's built very similarly. Yes. She's, it she's, seems like. she's very tall, but she has a, like you can tell a great upper body. Mm-hmm. And very long legs. And very, very long, long arms. Yes. All right, so we are at the NSSA National Championships. In 2004. Three. Three. Yeah. And this is the biggest amateur surf event in the country. So all the surf companies come to this event to scout talent and really see who the new up-and-comers are going to be. Yes. And so 
as you might have guessed, Bethany caught the eye of a lot of sponsors and pro scouts. And I believe she ended up winning. Yes, this, she she won the championship. Yes, yes, she actually beat out like girls that had been there for many years. Yes. And all this was just before four months before the attack. Yes. And they were even talking to her about going pro like mm -hmm. at 13. And so we cut back to that home video that Pamela was talking about where Alana and Bethany have like their funny little glasses oh, on. God, and this, being, this broke me. It did. And they're being interviewed by uh, Bethany's mom. And she just kind of, you know, is just talking about stuff. And she says, do you ever get nervous about sharks? And Bethany says, well, yeah, kind of. But I mean, I pray a lot. And it was just so chilling to hear that yeah. knowing what's coming yeah and then alana kind of just puts the magazine over her face and doesn't uh -huh. respond uh. and um so after that scene we go right back to the day of the the shark attack and so like you said four months later after the nssa competition she was surfing with her friend alana Mm -hmm. It was her, Alana, and Alana's dad were also there. Okay, I didn't realize her dad. I didn't hear that part. Yes, because okay. they they where they were surfing, you kind of had to like drive out into like the woods a little oh, bit to get to the cove. Okay, so okay. he was the one that was there surfing and you know keeping an eye on them, all that stuff. And as we said, it was a tiger shark. It, um, it you know it bit off her left arm and right at the sh like. So she she still has part of the upper arm mm -hmm. and then her shoulder. Yeah, so I think it it was the bite was kind of halfway between her elbow and her shoulder, and they ended up having to take off a little bit additional because of to, the tissues. Yeah, to make it a clean amputation. But yes, we hear from Alana and she's oh gosh, and how she said she actually saw the shark yes rip her arm off. Yeah, just take her arm off and. Ugh how that traumatized her at that point. And um, one thing Alana said was, you know, as they were getting her onto the shore, getting her to the hospital, she's like, all I could think was, is my friend going to be okay? And if she is, what is our friendship going to be like? Right. And then Bethany, can I, can I mention what Bethany says? Yes. So we're to, I mean, just going back to being humble, this made me cry. She's laying in bed and she's telling her dad that she's happy that the shark attacked her and not Alana. No. And her dad said, why, why, why do you say that, sweetie? And, and she said, because I love Alana so much. I, I don't want any. That. And she's like, I, she says, oh, how she put it? She said, <sighs> um, because she loved Alana so much and she didn't want anything happening to her. And I was just like, <laughs> I'm crying right now. I'm oh my like, gosh. Like what? You have no, your arm is gone. And like, you don't know if you're going to surf again. And, and here you're like, I'm just glad my best friend was okay. Like it didn't attack her too. Oh. It, it just, you know, it got what it wanted from me. And poor thing. We see, we see a lot of home videos from the time that Bethany's in the hospital. And we see a video of, alana visiting bethany and she's she even had a birthday party there yeah and she and bethany was asking alana like hey you know i heard you went finally went back to the beach and alana is trying to be kind of nonchalant and not mm -hmm. a big deal about it but you can tell that she is 
actually like super traumatized. Yeah, and she even says in a voiceover that to this day, I'm terrified of sharks. Oh yeah. And she will only surf certain like types of waves. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that's tough because Alana was also on that similar trajectory where she was getting sponsors and she was really an up and comer in yeah. the I mean, she's still too. pro, but she doesn't do the level that Bethany does. Mm-hmm. So officials actually closed the beach where Bethany was attacked for, they didn't say how long, but for a certain period of time. And I really thought it was telling that even after it was open, some of Bethany's friends just couldn't bring themselves to go there for a long time friends her brothers couldn't go there Mm -hmm. and one guy um i forget who it was the guy he was part of her um beach surfing team and he was like i didn't swim the i didn't surf the tunnels for like i think he said almost the rest of the year because he just couldn't handle it because, I mean, think about that, you know, it's it's just like any other risky sport where, you know, you always have a certain understanding that there's risk involved. But when it something happens to someone who's very close to you that in front of you, in front of you, that that really brings it into reality of, oh, something could happen and something did happen. And it, it really kind of makes people skittish for a while, I think. Yeah, and it almost seems like Kauai is a very tight-knit community. Because it seems yeah. like all of those surfers that were her friends were there that day surfing as well. So it seemed like a lot of people were there when they brought her onto the shore and the medics came. And mm-hmm. I couldn't imagine, you know, looking down and seeing uh, that. It, oh, goodness. Yeah. So, um... We hear from her mom again, Sherry, and she's asking Bethany sort of half joking, but half seriously, should we just move to where it's cold and do snowboarding now? And Bethany was like, no. (laughs) No, because that's probably worse, honestly. (laughs) Ice and snow, like icicle could like totally. But it's a similar kind of sport and there are no sharks there. There's bears. You can shoop, shoop away from the bears. (laughs) It's still cold. I know it's very cold. <laughs> I don't do cold. That, that is correct. Mountains are cold. <laughs> well, and but she said, but she said like mammoth, and that's like what Montana, Idaho, something like that. Something like that. Uh, no, girl, I just fussed about seven days of rain. That's you eight. think I want seven days of snow? Mammoth is the opposite of Hawaii. <laughs> yeah, that's what she was kind of saying, mm-hmm. and then, but she said that um, Bethany even makes a comment that like my even though my mom was like super supportive she just could not see me surfing with just one arm like she was just wondering how that process was gonna work yeah and i think a lot of people had that had a hard time kind of envisioning like how would she do this does she even want to do this but someone who really makes a big difference for her is a guy named mike coots and he's another surfer who was attacked by a tiger shark six years before bethany was attacked and he ended up u- losing his right leg, I yes, believe. Yes, And so I love this video of Mike visiting her in the hospital. He's so encouraging. And even in the hospital shortly after her attack, he's telling her that it's absolutely possible to surf without all four limbs. Mm-hmm. Um, he says that it's a lot of learning to adapt, but that it's really kind of rewarding to keep overcoming all these different obstacles. And he also, this is, what I love so much. He said he even tried paddling out earlier that day with just one arm. And he said, Oh yeah, it's totally doable. Oh yeah. I remember him saying that 
because one of the videos he was like, she was asking him, so how did you start training with just one leg or you're Mm -hmm. just your prosthesis with your prosthesis on and stuff. And, and he, you know, he started giving her tips and stuff Mm -hmm. on like what he started doing. And then when he said, so I paddled out with one arm, I think he said he had it like tied to his back or something. Yeah, Yeah. So he, he wouldn't, and he was like, it's totally doable. You can do it. And I was like, uh-huh. you go. Like, I mean, any at this moment, anybody could be like, don't do it. Mm-hmm. You don't need to risk anymore. And I, I mean, I just can't imagine being 13 and being like this close to my dream. And yeah. then everybody being like, nope, cut the brakes. And I mean, it's one thing when encouragement comes from someone else, but when it comes from someone who has been through it, been through the same thing and has overcome it and also understands the passion you have for the sport, like, I can't imagine what just like, what a relief it must have been to hear that like, oh, this might actually be possible. And also being there to talk you through it too, like when you're getting discouraged. And you don't have to explain why you're feeling what you're feeling because they they just get it it's like people who have gone to war together you don't have to explain it they just inherently get it they get it yeah Yeah. and then um i do love because they cut to some news coverage of her being interviewed again about like are you going to go back to the water and then there was one interviewer that said you know do you think you'll ever you know surf again and she said think I know. I always remember that clip. And same thing. It's like, it's just her being super chill about it. But she's like, uh, like, yeah. I know. <laughs> and, I, and I just made like a note saying, I wish I had that much confidence at 13. Yes. That much just drive and determination and like nothing is going to hold me back. And just like, you know, forget you all. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm going to do this. Whew. She's a badass. And then we see video of Bethany going back in the water for the first time after the accident. And it was just four Four weeks weeks. after the attack. Four weeks. My gosh. I just, this, I just wrote in big bold letters. This young woman is such a badass. She's amazing. Like human being. How mentally and physically strong you have to be to even venture out there again, let alone like. Oh, yeah, I'm excited. I'm doing this joyfully and I'm going to make this work. Yeah. So it wasn't all fun and games, though, when she first started back. Let's just be honest. So the hardest thing for her to adapt to was called is something called duck diving. And that's when you're paddling out. You actually kind of dive down with your board under the waves so that they don't like pound you and wash you back. Yes. And I love how it was called duck diving because when they said duck dive, I like rewound it back and I was like, and then I, I thought about how like ducks go down and come back up and i'm like oh yeah oh yeah um and so normally you hold you have a hand on each side of the board and you duck down just kind of paddle with your feet but when you have one arm that's really hard to control because the board will slip out and stuff and she just getting pounded by the way it's because she didn't have good control of her board well her dad had the genius idea to rig up a handle to put kind of in the center top of her board so that Anytime she had to dive down, she was able to get a good hold on her board. Dive down, not worry about holding on. Yeah, because regulations say they only care about, you know, 
anything that changes how you ride your board, yes. how you get out there doesn't make a difference. No. So like any modifications to the back fin of your surfboard where there's the underneath, mm -hmm. the, yeah, they don't care of any of that. There's no, make sure there's nothing that's going to hold your feet on there, you know, no, but the handle, <laughs> but a handlebar yeah. is fine. Oh yeah. Handlebars. That's the kind of surfing I want to do. I think, I think that's just called jet skiing after a while. <laughs> or um, windsurfing. Windsurfing. Wind I'm a boogie boarder. Windsurfing so. looks like something that is super fun, but I'm sure once you try to do it, it's like super hard. Like paddle boarding? Mm -hmm. I've heard that's really awful. It's a lot harder than it looks. I've done it one time. I really enjoyed it, but it was like, oh my gosh, I'm going to fall. I'm going to fall. I'm going to fall. Um. So, against all odds, Bethany entered the 2005 NSSA Championship. So, this yes. is two years after the last one she competed in. Yes. And I believe she's was, like, back at that same beach. Possibly? I don't remember. Not the one she was attacked at, but it might have been the one, same one from the previous yeah. competition. Yeah. Um, her coach then, see, yeah, I have it marked here, Ben Appio. Mm -hmm. said he was a little worried about coaching her and especially that day coming up to the championship he's like oh, she's gonna see the water she's gonna freak out she's gonna have a meltdown he's like she walked up there no fear in her eyes nothing mm -mm. and i think everyone was just really astonished that she was there period like again even though she'd been working on this for a while everyone just really had made the assumption that competing wouldn't really be possible for her like Okay, maybe she can get back on the board, but can she really stay at the competitive Oh, yeah. Level? I know. A lot of them were like, what is she doing? Why is she out here? But everyone was absolutely spellbound watching her go out into the water. They couldn't, like, fathom how this was well, going to Well, she killed happen. it. She totally killed it. Oh, yeah. And she slays the competition. Like, she wins the competition. Bitch comes in first. She wins the championship. Woo! And so that's definitely like, I've made my comeback. I'm still here. Look out. Like, you can do it with one arm. Yes. Suck it. And Bethany's next goal was to qualify for the world tour. The world tour with Alana. Yes. And yes. so this is really like the sort of big, I guess, circuit that all the professionals do. It's like yeah. the big competitions where you actually, you know, compete for money and when the titles that really matter for professionals yeah and from what i understood is like if you lost one or two you were out yeah it's they didn't explain this super well but it's like i think you had to compete and either win or score like score high score enough or yeah high enough yeah. in a certain number of events to sort of like each time include, yeah kind of like i guess if i could draw an equivalent like when you had to do um a certain number of qualifying uh marathons in order to do like the boston marathon or the new york city marathon just because they have so many people who want to do it kind of like gymnastics too yeah yeah and then um so but these are all over the world so like she'd mm -hmm. be in fiji she'd be in bali she'd be in australia you know she'd be in different locations yeah but at the same time that she's trying to qualify for the world tour she also was kind of dealing with like, just sort of her celebrity. Yeah, media publicity has taken off. Yeah, so she received a lot of fame initially just because of her surviving the shark attack. 
and returning to surfing. But then she was also, you know, there are additional media things coming up for her and books and Oprah and Oprah. And later we'll talk about how, you know, movie came out and, you know, she had all these TV appearances and made like toward these award shows and like getting like certain like inspirational awards and things like that. And, And all that is fantastic. But that really takes a toll on both her and her surf career and training and 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 other stuff mentally because as her brother said you know she was a role model to other people but she was still just a child herself yeah she's trying to wrap her brain around all still a teenager at this point yeah and also she said it was hard getting asked the same questions over and over again especially when it came to the attack of yeah what was it like? Did you ever think you would surf again? Yeah. Well, how did you feel when your arm was gone? It's like just. And the, and the one that I, I think probably I would guess bother her the most was why did you come back to surfing? Yeah. Or why would you come Mm -hmm. back to surfing? There was one that said that, like, why would you? And you could just see the look on her face. Like, damn it. (laughs) Like, like, why wouldn't I? Like, I just, you know, like I just, and bless her heart, because she genuinely was like, okay, this is a way that I can be a light for other people and be an inspiration. But you really can't tell that it was just taking a toll on her after a while. Just overall, you could tell. Like, she wasn't, she didn't look as happy and upbeat. As she could be. Yeah. yeah. So, but so back to actually qualifying for World Tour. Um, we learned that she actually missed qualifying by one heat. And actually, Alana won that heat. Yes. She was so close. And that's going to be a hard moment because, you know, you're you're happy for your friend, but you're disappointed for yourself. And this was really kind of the first moment when it felt like Bethany was falling behind her friends who were qualifying and were winning world titles. And she, like, just barely missed it. Yeah. And I also noted that, like, this is where... She said she starts to, like, lose belief in herself and then starts to do that thing that I think everybody does when you're in the middle of something. You're like, oh, I should have, could have, would have. And it's like, well, what would have happened if I didn't have lost my arm? What could I have been if I hadn't lost my arm? And, you know, she decided to, uh, what is it? She, let's see. She said she really just kind of went to God with Mm -hmm. it during this time and went into her faith really deep. And she had to keep up with the media tours and everything because she needed to make enough money in order to, I guess, get into the competitions or keep everything afloat. Yes. So I, this is something I know you don't think about surfing being a, an expensive thing. Cause it's like, Oh yeah, you have a board and you go out in the Those ocean. Boards are expensive, boards are expensive, but you're also doing, you know, um, like training and you coaches, know, coaches, like, all kinds of different thing, travel expenses. Well, and if it's those waves that you're going out into the water, if you need somebody to drive you out there, there's the boat rental, the jet ski rentals, unless you have your own, mm-hmm. but then that's your own cost and maintenance. And, and you probably have to pay like whatever safety team you bring out there with you. Yes. And yeah. then I believe that some of these competitions, I mean, I don't know what, at le- what level, but if it's anything like, um, what am I thinking? Like gymnastics. I'm thinking about my own mm-hmm. daughter's dance competition. There are fees that you yeah. have to pay as well. Yeah, it, it starts to add up. And if you're not 
winning a bunch of these things, then you're going more down than up. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So um, around this time, her schedule continued to be hectic. And this is when the movie Soul, Soul Surfer came out um, based on her memoir. Yeah. And her, you know, childhood shark attack her comeback um and yeah she had a lot of commercial obligations like pamela was talking about and just yeah really just trying to make enough money to stay afloat and earn a living and i was really curious because she's i think of her as being like oh yeah she's a celebrity and you know she sold her story for all these different things and i actually looked up her net worth the other day her net worth is like two million dollars that's not a lot no it's it's nothing to bat an eye at by any means, but considering all the different things she's done, mm-hmm. I, it's no, it's not like 20 or 30 million or anything like that. Like she makes a living, but she's not living extravagantly by any means. Yeah. And this is, and the time we're talking about, this is like way before that. So it was probably even lower at that point. Yeah. But yeah, she she prayed and asked God to show her what her next step should be and just to try to keep herself grounded. But now, Stephanie falls in love! Yes! So it's her brother's, it's Timmy's wedding day. Mm -hmm. And her dad is watching this young, as as he said, handsome young man walk his own mother down the aisle. And he was like, is my mom dating this man? Like, who is this man? <laughs> and I guess they don't really get into it, but like, I guess he caught her eye or she caught his eye. Mm-hmm. And then like there were her brothers, Noah and Timmy were saying like, we, we kind of had to vet him, but then they were like, dang, we couldn't give him a hard time. Cause we really liked him. Mm-hmm. And Alana you know, says she's like, started talking about marriage right away. And she's like, you just only like really met each other and got to know each other which part of me was like i i was kind of there and like nine months in their relationship they were already talking about marriage and adam was like i didn't know what i was getting into with her he was like i just felt like it was right and he seems so sweet and cute he and he is totally is. my type oh Girl, yeah he's me totally and you. like bradley cooper type i texted Matthew sarah mcconaughey yeah i texted sarah i was like girl Bethany and me have something in common. We both like the same kind of man. Abs for days. Abs for days, blue eyes, blonde hair, got a little scruff going on. And I got to say, um, he and she were on The Amazing Race together. Like, yes. They were about a year after they got married. That. And I actually watched that pretty recently, like even before we were planning on doing this. And I got to say, they are the sweetest like most loving people to each other they they appear that way yeah and it's it's that show it's when it, it lasts for basically a month and you're traveling and you're under really stressful circumstances pretty much every couple has a rough patch at some point when they're on that show they never did they're just so patient with each other and like every time they were doing some kind of challenge he you would hear him in voiceover just like i am constantly astonished at how well Bethany adapts to things and how she doesn't let things discourage. You could tell he's just like, he's so proud of he her adores her. Oh yes. Like whatever ground oh. she walks on, he is just like all for it. And he, and he even said like, I did not understand the whirlwind of Bethany's life until mm-hmm. I was in it. And then Bethany was just saying, you know, I, you know, we do this as a team 
Like, yeah. it was just me for the longest time. And then he, me and him got married. And then he just kind of, like, just stepped on in and was like, we're a team. We're going to do this together. Yeah, she she has someone to carry the load with her of, like, you know, because it is tough being Bethany Hamilton, soul surfer. Yeah. yeah. Media speaking, try, probably trying to keep it all straight. Yeah. So, um. They kind of show them going on doing a lot of, you know, press things together. We show them on The Amazing Race mm -hmm. very briefly. Um, and so after all that, they're <laughs> back home in Hawaii and they really start talking about what they want their future to look like. And they decide like, okay, you know, while we're young and while we have the ability to do so, we're let's pursue the things we're passionate about. And of course, for Bethany, that's still surfing. Yes, and the different types of surfing that I mentioned earlier. Yes, and she still has a lot of unfulfilled goals that she wanted to pursue. So, yeah, she said that she wanted, there was still, like, some extra surfing goals or extra things she hadn't mm -hmm. um, accomplished. And they go, they kind of briefly go through, like, certain professional surfers and what their, like you know. major skills are. Yeah, like their it skill. And, like, there's aerial and barrel. And I couldn't. I, I forgot just said to write some other down. stuff, LOL, dot, dot, dot. Yeah. <laughs> Catch all the other ones. But the one thing that Bethany has had trouble with, obviously, is the aerial, which is you're jumping. Like, picture snowboarding, but on a wave. Yeah, you, like, go up the wave and go whoosh off the top and you catch air. You catch and air land. and 360 and land on yeah. the wave. On the wave without with you crashing. on the board of it. Yes. <laughs> part, I, say, I guess you do land either way. <laughs> you gotta be on the board upright. And um, keep going. So she gets help um, from a coach mm -hmm. and I didn't write his, did I write his name down? I didn't catch the coach's name. I didn't either but I think it's a cute cute moment where they're in the gym and and he i thought hit this coach was like he was just brilliant as far as ariel so they're in like a trampoline style gym mm -hmm. he has this training board almost kind of, looks like a snowboard yeah snowboard or a wakeboard or something <laughs> yeah because so, has bindings on the feet yeah you strap your feet in and <clears throat> As he's showing her, like, practice moves, he's like, tell you what, I'm going to put this arm in my pocket, mm -hmm. and I'm going to show you. And so he shows her how to, like, jump and twist, and then he even goes into the inner workings of your body. He's like, sh her head has to turn a different way. Like, mm -hmm. certain parts of her body need to support because she doesn't have that extra weight of another arm to mm -hmm. level out the... And things that, I mean... Like all people wouldn't yeah. think about. And so watching her practice and she said, I loved training in, in that complex because I could picture the wave. Mm -hmm. I could picture how I was going to get on it. But if I fell, it was okay. Yeah. And you can get right back up and do it again. Do it again and, and do it over again. again. Yeah. Over and over. But I love how she was like, I could picture a wave. And I'm like, this girl just loves it. But she does go out in the water eventually and start working on it. And poor thing, we see her wiping out over and over and over and over again. And poor Adam, because he's like, every time she goes out to surf and I see her like getting up on the wave, I go, I just hold my breath and I'm like, here we go. And she hit, she lands really hard. Like she comes out with her mouth bleeding at one point. Yes. She has like bloody knees at mm -hmm. a different point. Because if just, you hit a rock and it's, yeah, it's definitely taking mm -hmm. a toll. And you can tell she's being very hard on herself and 
ugh, poor Adam's just like trying to be there for her, but trying to encourage her. But a week later, she finally nails it. She nails the aerial 360. She nails the 360. She does say that after she nails it, though, um, she feels really weak mm-hmm. and exhausted. Are we at that point yet? Not yet. Oh, okay. That's after uh, Tahiti. Oh, okay. Next. I jumped ahead too. I didn't. I didn't write all How that. But yeah. Very dairy. Whatever. Would you prefer that or or me to yell at you for apologizing? Or are they both equally annoying? <laughs> I'm about to pull an air Ellen Marsh and be like, I have no fucks to give. All of my fucks are gone. Shut your ball liquor. Shut your ball liquor. <laughs> On that fun note. Yeah. <laughs> now now we head to Tahiti, Tahiti to work on our barrels. This is yes. the one that Pamela was talking about where the wave crashes down and it's kind of almost like, like a tunnel. A yeah, tunnel. And like you, you surf right down the middle of which it. Which I actually like watching those surfers do that because some of them think it kind of cool. They're holding one side of the board and then they take their hand and like touch the water and as they're doing it. Oh. Oh. Especially when the water's like super clear. And they show um uh video footage of her brother timmy because actually timmy that's like one of his top skills is, yeah. is barrel surfing mm-hmm. so yeah she's in tahiti she's practicing the the barrel surfing and I, I i guess from after several times um she has one really bad like wipeout. yeah because just just like we were talking about earlier the kinds of the size of the waves that create good barrel surfing they're really big so if you get picked up by them or you get caught in the wrong part you can get like really injured and seriously slammed yeah and if you're not if your board is not moving as fast and the wave the cap is coming down it could come down on top of you yeah like and these waves are move fast enough that actually the best way to get positioned on them is having a jet ski tow you out on your board yeah 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 they said if you paddle out then you're like braving it so but she is finally able to do it and it's super thrilling and it's like a gorgeous perfect ride and this is where she starts to feel like maybe not quite herself yeah she said after that catching that wave she just felt really weak and exhausted for a couple of days after and then she's like suddenly i just was an emotional wreck like a roller coaster and um it cuts to adam's voiceover saying you know, she had some suspicions that she was pregnant. And, well, wait, hold on. And he was like, you know, you're not, you know, like, let's just get a <laughs> test to make sure that you, you know, you're not. Give you some peace of mind. And he's like, she took a test and it was positive. And then she, like, took two more tests. She's pregnant. <laughs> She's very pregnant. Oh, my god! And I kind of chuckled a little bit when he was like, when he makes a note. And then she took two more and they were, and I'm like, it reminds me of. she was really pregnant. And then, <laughs> it just reminded me of when I got pregnant with Brianna. Like, remember I told you I had like 10 of them lined up and he's like, I don't see the double line. I don't, and then I went and got the digital that said yes or no. And it was like, it said yes. And I just like slammed it down. I'm like, what? What does that say? <laughs> That reminds me of on the show Scrubs where JD accidentally knocks up his brand new girlfriend. She's yes. like, I'm pregnant. He's like, you sure? She, and she holds up like 10 pregnancy says, Pretty sure. Pretty sure. <laughs> I remember that. Like, I think it happened. Played by Queen Elizabeth Banks. Yes. Her. Yes. Uh, so Bethany has a lot of mixed feelings at first. Yeah. I mean, I kind of get it. Like she know, like she makes, like she says, I've always wanted to be a mom, but I didn't know 
if being a mom at that time was right. And it sounds like they weren't they weren't trying. They weren't trying. It just happened because they were it sounded like they were really trying to accomplish a lot of her surf goals and some of the other things that he wanted to do before starting a family. But surprise. Yeah. And then she also had what I felt was like some normal mom um, nervousness. Yeah. But then also additional things where she's talking about, will I be able to hold the baby and support his head enough? Mm -hmm. Will I be able to feed him the right way with just one arm? Could she physically do it? Like, could she physically hold the you know hold him and 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 you know be able to truly be a mother and take care of him yes but she kind of gets over that when she starts seeing all the excitement in everybody's faces as they tell people especially adam because like he knew that she kind of had some trepidation but he was like i knew she was gonna be a great mom oh yeah like no no doubt in his mind and like i think once she kind of moved past the fear she was like Oh, yeah. Like, this actually is a dream I've had for a long time. I have always thought about being a mom, and I just need to allow myself to be excited about it. Yeah, and I really do like how she's like, this was a gift from God. Like, she goes back to her faith, and she was just like, just like losing my arm was part of his plan. So was this little man, you know? And can I just say, the woman surfed pregnant, and her husband even said she she be- and she even said she became a better surfer pregnant. And when I say surf pregnant, I'm talking like six seven months pregnant, like way visibly pregnant. Like she's like flipping around on the board and stuff in her little bikini. And that belly is out. Yeah, she's like laying sideways on the board and paddling. <laughs> so she's laying on her It's but do I wonder though if her if her surfing got smoother and better because like her center of gravity was lowering because of possibly I was wondering about that. It could be possibly in the way that she had to maneuver, like lean a little more forward. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Might've just shifted her center of gravity. I don't know. A bit. I was just kind of like, she what she what? She, she what pregnant? <laughs> Can we just briefly talk about how super cute, she was when she was pregnant she was like some women and i'll admit like i didn't feel like i was super cute pregnant but she's super cute pregnant like she just had like that perfect belly and she's somehow someone who was like glowing earth mother and yes. like, pregnant warrior princess all at the same yes. time like they have that silhouette of her mm-hmm. like at the sunset and she's talking about yeah. when she get like the night she goes into labor and like giving birth and stuff and she has like that flowy like whatever shawl she had on and mm-hmm. you're just like it almost seemed like like you said like warrior goddess princess mother earth mm-hmm. being and then you know she's like and then he was here doubling back for just a second yeah, go ahead. i did i did think it was super interesting how you know she talks about how she's you know had a trainer for a very long time, like not only for just surfing purposes, but I'm sure having one arm could probably lead to some like unbalanced yes. skeletal and muscle development. I so bet so. I they mean, really had to do some special training for her while she was pregnant just to yes. make sure that her hips were properly supported and that everything was basically still maintaining good form and good alignment yeah they didn't even say he was a physical they said he was a health specialist so i'm Mm -hmm. assuming it's like he does the skeletal physical probably he does like diet and everything as well in order like you said to make sure that there aren't any Mm -hmm. how do i put it you know anything off balance yeah 
alignment issues. Yeah. Well, he even said that, like, she's going to have alignment issues. She's got problems with her hips. You know, she mm-hmm. might overextend more with her right arm, yeah. you know, being pregnant because the belly's pregnant. You know, mm-hmm. I get it. I can't. Be careful. I just, oh, she was just so cute. And then little Tobias Dirks was born June 1st, 2015. And he's such a cutie. He's blonde and he's adorable. Oh my God, his cheeks. Let's say he's definitely in the cheat club with my children. My children too. And let me tell you, she has some skills changing a diaper with one arm. That was the one thing I was honestly worried about. Like, I can envision her finding ways to, you know, to hold the baby, nurse, all that stuff. I'm like, I'm picturing like the crazy blowouts and like two hands aren't enough for those situations. But then like you see her on like the baby's on the floor. Her feet are kind of holding it steady. She's got the one hand. I'm like, she's a champ. And then she's like in a fresh diaper uh-huh. and like the camera's kind of pointed downward looking upward on uh-huh. Tobias and she's kind of off in the distance and then Tobias is kind of whimpering and she's like oh it's okay and then he spits up and she's like oh I'll spit up and she was like oh the life of a baby <laughs> and I'm just <laughs> and I was like she's a great mom everyone yeah. it's okay she's a great mom she's got it so kind of reminis- reminiscent of like when she turn- returned to the water after a shark attack just seven weeks after giving birth she mm. heads back out into the water praise mm-hmm praise you <laughs> i do had to i did have to note that like during these like kind of early period when she started surfing again you can tell that her boobs were super engorged like she's not like a tiny chested girl no anyway but like you could really tell that like her body was definitely a different shape than it was before and yeah like, and well she was also know. surfing with like she had like her like bathing suit maternity i guess bathing suit top mm-hmm. and then she also had that like scuba like skin suit skin suit shirt. over yeah. it and then what was so funny is like she's i mean she even said like my body was just so wiped out after yeah. giving birth and everything and then she's like out there surfing and then she like runs back and she like she runs past the the tv and she was and you could tell that she's like leaking and she's like yeah. i got a nurse I'm like i got a nurse the baby and okay. then like can you imagine laying on a surfboard with all your weight on your boobs when they're like super engorged and tender? I've only had them engorged like briefly. Like I said, like mine never produced anything. So it was like a day of just swelling and nothing coming out. I super remember one day you you texted me like, oh my gosh, I'm squirting. I know. I was like, why am I leaking? What is happening? And then, and then you were like, are you going to try to breastfeed? And I was like, well, it's only coming out of one boob. So I'm not having lopsided boobies. <laughs> Remember, and then and then she sends me this gif of like like this woman holding milk bottles and like they're exploding milk. <laughs> um, I I wrote back. I was I texted her back. I was like, God, I hope not. The geysers. Can I tell you something? Yeah. Randomly, a month ago, my left boob started lactating. Like I looked down, I'm like, oh, I have a little stain on my shirt, and then, you know, I went to go change, take a shower or something, and I looked down, I'm like, just out of curiosity, I like squeezed my boob. And a little trickle came out. When did you when did you wean him off of that? Like eight, seven, eight months ago. Then why is it still doing that? I have no clue. The human body is weird. Well, if it keeps doing that, you might need to get um your prolactin checked. It's a hormone that also that like that's what 
causes mm-hmm. lactation because I know I have to get mine checked with my PCOS because even though they don't, the milk doesn't necessarily come out, mm-hmm. if I don't get it checked, like there'll be times where I'll have like random engorgement. Mm but I'm not pregnant and I'm like, my mm-hmm. boobs hurt so bad. It only happened that one time, but yeah, I'm, I'll definitely keep I'm an just, eye on it. I'm <laughs> just saying like, if it just keeps happening, I don't want my boobs to explode. And really and what they would, and what they would do to treat it is just give you a little bit of hormone to reset. Yeah. But I can't imagine laying on a surfboard paddling with your boot. Mm. Like, ouch. Or even just your abs. I mean, I had C-section, so I have like no abs. Uh-huh. Um, like my nerve endings are still trying to like come together and your hips are like settling back into place. Oh. And like it's surfing is all about how you can like create a strong base with your legs and your hips. And I don't know about you, but like those first, I would say that good first, it had to be like close to a month and a half. My, whenever I would walk, my legs almost felt like spaghetti noodles. Yeah. Like I could lift her like my babies my girl's okay Mm -hmm. but like if i were to like lift anything heavy i feel like i would just kind of like fall under it yeah so i can't imagine getting up on a surfboard and so she was actually invited to a big competition big competition at Mm -hmm. lower trestles that could help her move back up in the surfing rankings yes and the whole family's getting loaded up for the surf competition. And Tobias has a little sign that says, go, go mommy. mommy. It's the cutest thing. As he's trying to put it in his mouth because he's still oh, a newborn. Because no, 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 no. no, newborns, anytime they're like, need something, they're like. Because mm-hmm. he's what, like three or four months old at this point? Like he was yeah. still pretty little. Yeah, because she said seven weeks out she got invited and then she only had two months to train something like that. yeah and it was it was pretty pretty tight around. yeah and yeah. she was still nursing full time at this point so she really couldn't be away from him for more than a couple hours so he had they, they had to all come mm-hmm. it's actually kind of funny he like adam puts a tent out on the beach mm-hmm. and so she's like nurse and then go out surf, and then she comes back from her heat, and she'll like, nurse again. Put the baby back on. <laughs> Gosh, and she really tries her best, but the wind kicks up, and it kind of she gets rattled by the conditions, and she was also having a hard time focusing just on surfing and not thinking about is Tobias, Tobias back okay? on the beach. Is he hungry? And she just doesn't do her best, and we see her afterward that she's just clearly upset about not doing as well as she wanted to but i think i think that really speaks true to like any mom getting back out there professionally yes like you're at work and you're like i'm just happy to be back here and like doing it like getting my feeling like myself and then it's like but what if they need like what if they need me what if they're crying so all of the documentary up until now, I felt super inspired by her. But this was a section where I really felt like connected with her. Yes. Of like, yes, yes, like you, I, I feel that. your struggle and I feel how hard it is to sort of understand your new body, your new role as a wife and a mother and how that fits into this life that you're already had already been building for yourself. And that almost... My dad always calls it the invisible string that, like, once you have a child, like, there's this mm-hmm. interconnection that you Especially feel, with the first one. Yes, that you feel like 
you know when they're hurting or sad or something. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Uh, so we're back home with Adam and Bethany after the competition. And this is when we kind of get a little bit of straight talk from them about, you know, it's it's hard to, you know, be a young family. And Adam has basically kind of put his his career and life on hold to stay at home with Tobias. And mm-hmm. Bethany is still trying to, you know be there to be a good mom and a good wife and trying to pursue pursue surfing. And Adam mentions that it's surfing is kind of going longer than he had anticipated. So like they're all having to kind of adjust their expectations and Mm -hmm. like they, no one's like mad at each other, but it's, it's obviously like those growing pains that every married couple goes through in the first few years of marriage. But I feel like it's a healthy and mature conversation. And then one thing that Adam says that I noted is that, you know, they were both raised where it's like the husband supports and takes Mm -hmm. care of the wife and the family is like the main supporter. And he said, and to take that step back and not seeing myself as that. And then, he transitions to, but I'm supporting her in this way mm-hmm. by letting her accomplish her goals and dreams. And he even says, you know, surfing, you have such a short window yes. of time and opportunity. And he basically says, I know my, I mean, he in a nutshell is saying like, I know my time will come. Yeah. And like, she's, and she even says, I would not be where I am today if he wouldn't support me the way he does. Mm-hmm. And I like got all teary eyed again too. Like, dang it, quit being yeah. so dang cute. And I think that speaks a lot to both of their maturity and self-awareness yes. that they're, they're willing that they not only identify those things, but they openly admit to them of like, yeah. yeah, this is hard. This isn't exactly how I kind of envisioned it, but I love my family and we're going to make it work. And this, a lot of this is voiced over. You see their kind of day-to-day life, how they're taking Mm -hmm. care of Tobias together. But, you know, she's checking like wave stats and stuff like that. And he's like changing her diaper and, you know, she's making whatever travel plans. And, Mm -hmm. you know, I mean, it's, it's a different dynamic, but. You know, I can we just do like, you know, our, our clap to a mature adult, mm-hmm. Adam, for not being toxic masculinity right. to to say, you know, I mean, he I mean, I, you know, and props to him for just even saying like, it's hard. Yeah. Like, this is the way I was raised. So something doesn't seem right about it. Mm-hmm. But I want like, like you said, you can tell he adores her Mm -hmm. and he's saying, but I don't feel right telling her to give everything up when she's like this close. Yeah. 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 I just, I just loved it. I was just like, oh my God, you're so great. Uh, So all that kind of culminates with Bethany is really wanting to make one last attempt at making the world tour. Yeah. So that one competition that she didn't do well in, even though she didn't do that well, they give her the wild card for this next championship mm-hmm. in Fiji. So she really buckles down, starts training harder than ever. She tra- She's traveling to where all the best waves are so she can do the best training possible. And I was super impressed by her like on land training that they showed oh during God. this, how she has like all these different apparatuses to help and her techniques. do to do you know upper body training so that she's not you know getting unbalanced and, and then the feet a lot of the like the 
the um, feet training that she was doing, like with the ladder, the ladder thing. Yeah. Like that's a lot of the stuff that my husband did in the military. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, as I was watching, like this, it's like this huge montage of her training on land and in water surfing. It and really I, was a good old fashioned Rocky montage. It really was, but I, I loved it. it. And like, there's this pumping, like almost oh energy vibe of mm-hmm. a song. Um, yeah. And as I was watching it, I made a note that I felt like a total lazy bag of bones. <laughs> no, like I'm sitting here like, uh, I haven't moved in three hours. Nah. I know. I was like, I was like, as I eat my Swiss cake roll and take notes. <laughs> so the whole family travels together to get ready for our next competition. And yes. continues training, which includes surfing at night. Which looks like both the coolest and the scariest thing I've ever seen in my life. I would never do that. Oh, hell nah. But she has, like, this, like, LED lights in her surfboard. So it kind of lights up the area. I'm like, great. You have a nice lit up target for things to come attack you. (laughs) Yay. (laughs) Except for me, it's not so much that. It's if the wave gets me and it's dark and i'm not sure where what direction i'm at like mm-hmm. if i get turned a weird land way, like where's yeah like where's la- my land like hold up the surfboard with led lights like where is it yes. <laughs> oh. yes. i don't know morris code i'd be screwed oh can we talk about how cute tobias is playing in the water oh my god he has his little floaty. Whenever I see like little babies, like I every now and then we we take trips down memory lane and like we look up pictures of when uh-huh. Sabrina was a baby and Aurora was a baby and like even Brienne, even though she's almost two. And I have to tell, I'm I'm struggling right now because Brianna was our last. Uh-huh. I had my tubes out. Like really, she's our last. And this is the first year in like eight years i'm not planning to have another baby uh-huh. like every two years we would start trying and then and it's and she's getting closer to two now and i'm I'm just telling you this is really i'm already starting to feel that too and riley's just over a year old and i'm i'm ha- i've been crying like last night i started crying and i looked at him and i was like you don't think we could save up money and do IVF and just try one more time? And he looked at me like, don't even think about it. Like, I I know logically that I'm good with two. Like, I think we're, I do not want to carry another child. Like, I think I'm done with that phase. But there's also part of me, it's like, oh, I just want a little one to hold for like a while. I mean, another little one to cut. Yeah, like from the a courtship when she takes her nephew and he's like that tiny little where oh. they like ball up around your neck. Yeah, like I miss the little one, like when they're so like such a newborn that they're still in that almost they like instantly go back position. to the fetal position and they're just like they're a just big... a little ham roll. I know. Okay. Yes. So yes, he's so cute. And um, Adam and Bethany are like pushing him back and forth on a surfboard in the calm water. Oh, and he oh. totally loves it. Like he's just giggling. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, another surfer in the making. Yep. Um, and I've I've seen a more recent article about Bethany and her family, and they actually have uh, two sons now. And oh, yeah, they're, okay, they're totally passing on the surfing gene. To when did she have kids. the second one? I'm not sure. I forget the details. Pretty of it. recently then, I guess. Yeah, it because if Tobias was born 2015, Teen. I want to say like 2017 or 2018. Yeah. So she had her, her next child. Um. Yeah, so 
they've they did all this training and now yeah. we arrive in fiji so fiji is one of the favorite surf spots for pros most and, surfer yeah, yeah pro they surfers. say it has just like such great waves there it's beautiful sorry <laughs> so walk us through how this competition went So as far as this competition, I didn't go too deep in it. I know that, like, yeah, like you said, the first heat was kind of a dud for everybody because the waves were just not yeah, there. Like one wave the entire time, but he's like, and I and, got <laughs> and it's gonna pick up at some point. And but yet, then then the like the wind started really picking up, and like they started coming, and she totally dominated. Um, and then there was several. I, I just, I didn't really note so much about the competition as the other female pro athletes were saying like how amazing it was to watch her surf, mm -hmm. come off of the board, go right over and like start taking care of her son. Mm -hmm. And then she would be like, oh, my next heat is up. And she would just put them down, go back. And, and one of them was like, you know, you always have these discussions of like, well, I'll start my family after, you know, I'm done with my career. And it's like, no, I don't, I don't have to do that. Yeah. That was amazing to me. And whilst she's killing at being a surfer and being a mother all at the same time, she freaking beat the current world champ yes. and another six time world champ. Yes. Who were both like the favorites to yes. win this. Like she wasn't just a wild card. She was like underdog. Yes. And she ended up, I think coming in second overall, but yes. basically like that was her comeback moment. Yeah. Everyone was absolutely amazed at how she surfed that day. Yeah. She did say, I remember that she said, even though I didn't win the championship to beat out the person who was in the number one spot, she was like, that's a good accomplishment for me. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, damn, you're humble. Like yeah. really like, like, you know, set a goal. And she's just like, you know what? That's tremendous. But you know what? Ashley from Spellbound where she was like, I set a goal and if I make it mm -hmm. and then I keep going, <laughs> I just, I just love, yeah. I love people that are humble like I'm that. I'm thinking about this now. And I think really the biggest victory for her. And I think she probably felt this, even if she didn't articulate it is that, she proved she's still relevant. Yes. Like she's like not, she's still got it. She's not just an inspirational story. And oh, that was nice for her. But like, no, I'm really good. And I'm still a fixture of this community. And I'm just going to put a little feminist spin on this. If people hate it. So kill me. Um, it also shows that like, just because she became a mom, she lost that part of herself mm -hmm. as a surfer. And I remember I'm a part of a Facebook group and stuff. And like there was, I won't get into the deep threads. We'll be here all day. And it might even piss you off. And I just put a comment that like, you know, I love being a mom of three. I said, but first and foremost, I'm Pamela. Yeah. To my three daughters, I'm mom. Mm -hmm. To everyone else, I'm Pamela. Yes. And I said, and I want everyone to stop doing that to every mom out there in the world mm -hmm. stop saying well you're a mom no i'm their mom i'm just me to you yes and That's i kind well of put. i kind of took thank you i've worked a lot in therapy to come to that. 
<laughs> my therapist will be like, yes, um, I articulated that very well. Uh, but I think that's also what her redemption song was, was like, mm-hmm. I, I'm not just an inspirational story. It's not just something like cute Hollywood. Yes, I went and had a baby, but I'm still at heart, Beth- Bethany Hamilton, a surfer. Yeah, she is a multifaceted individual and she doesn't have to prioritize one part of herself over, over the other. And she is a pro athlete and she can do it. Mm-hmm. So. Now we need to take a moment and drag the ESPN. Oh, uh, that. Mm. I wish I had more booze for this moment. I know. I ran out of oh. my most skill move. Oh, I'm going to so, Let me do it. Mm. Chug it, girl. God. So we learned, Bethany learns that she's been nominated for an ESPY award. Yes. So that's like ESPN's annual awards that First, they give out. Yes. Yeah. Which, those are a big deal. I'm not going to lie. And she... I thought at first she thought it was for best female action sports athlete because you know that's what surfing falls under. Turns out she was nominated for best female athlete with a disability. Are you yep. fucking kidding me? Yep. Why is that even a category? a category? And was it her brother or her husband that said, I don't really feel that, or maybe it was Mike Coos, her friend, that yeah. like being. And I, I, I even put on here, you know, we in general as a whole of society need to move beyond calling people disabled. Uh-huh. I like how he said adaptive yeah. is a better word. But even she said, I don't feel disabled. Like I lost my arm, but that wasn't like, like that's just something that happened to me. She did. Yeah. She does not see herself as a disabled. Individual. But you know what? She gets back at it because she calls up ESPN and she's like. I don't want to be in that nomination. Remove my name. Like I withdraw my nomination. And so I did a little searching to see if ESPN had a comment. Mm-hmm. And the only thing I could find was ESPN saying, Miss Hamilton contacted us to let us know that she did not feel that her name felt right in that category. So per her request, we removed her name from nomination. They did not address that it's a disability, like it's a disabled athlete category. They mm-hmm. did not address her concerns about putting her in that category. Nothing. They just kept it that bland, canned comment. And like, I get it. There's a fine line because I mean, we have like the Paralympics and stuff like that. So on one hand, yes, if we need a special category for certain types of athletes but there's got to be such a better name than freaking disabled the athlete with a disability it's like you're a good athlete even though you got something going on bless your heart you try golf clap no not a visual medium but i'm rolling my eyes so hard right now. i mean they don't i don't know i I, you know, I doubt ESPN is going to listen to this, but I don't think until you say it out loud, like how, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Like belittling it is. Yeah. It's like, I see, I feel like they were trying to be inclusive. They were just going about it the completely wrong way. Yes. Yes. So. (laughs) Good for her. F-U-S-P-S-P-N. Okay. Yes, but I'm glad that, and Jimmy, she just was like, I just take my name off. We're good. Yeah. 
So we're kind of winding down toward the end here and we're back to Jaws. Yes. So she and Adam are again, they're back on the boat. She right before she jumps in, she and Adam pray together. Cause you yes. can tell that that faith is a very big part of their life and their life together. But before she gets on that boat, they cut to Alana and Alana says, you know, she likes to go out there and, and surf those crazy waves. And um, I just let her go. Like, go, I guess girl. they were just asking her, like, why aren't you tagging along? And she uh-huh. was just like, you know, I'm not going to, I don't, I don't do that. I'm good. I'm good. <laughs> and I, I, and I internally was like, yes, I'm Alana. I will stand there. And you were like, I really want to get on that roller coaster. Good. I'll hold your purse. You want mm-hmm. to take your sunglasses off? Like, I'm just going to stand. Like, I'm, and like people, aren't you going to miss, like, I ain't missing out. Like, I, I was you can make the choice for yourself. Well, I was editing yeah. our spellbound and I used the analogy of like like a roller coaster it ends. <laughs> Cuz that's what you need is that it ends and that's all I think about if I ever get on a roller coaster again is it's going to end, gonna right? End. <laughs> yes, <sighs> but then yes, yeah, so they get on the boat and they're heading out to the to the water. Mhm. And there's a big crowd, like, gathering up on, like, a cliff on the shore to watch Well, yeah. This. I like, mean, like. This is a big deal. Like, I, like, I have a feeling there are probably people that come out and watch, this, no matter like, who it is. Yeah, whoever the especially surface. if it's Bethany Hamilton. They're like, holy shit, she's going to do it. So the jet ski takes her out to where the big breakers are and starts to tow her onto the wave. Yes. So she is just, like, a tiny little speck against this giant wall of water. Yeah. It's terrifying. But she completely nails it. Yeah, she nails it. But then then she's like, okay, and instead of you pulling me out, you pull me out to this part, and then I want to paddle the rest of the way. Yeah. And her husband's like, oh, okay. Because okay. <laughs> we kind of hear these voiceovers from the other professional surfers that's like, yes, you get the if you get towed out, you get the experience of riding the wave, and it's amazing. But it's like, you didn't catch that wave. The jet ski caught that wave for you. So it's kind of yeah. more like you want to have like all the full street like the full power of it it. yeah Yeah, but i love how her husband's response is okay like please don't (laughs) like please don't die um so this sex part's actually a little bit scary a set of waves comes out of nowhere and bethany just starts getting pounded yeah like she's got rolled several times which i've been rolled in a wave yeah and like the jet ski lifeguard had to take make multiple attempts to get to her Cause like he couldn't get pounded. Cause if he got washed off or, you know, if the jet ski ended up on top of him, they would both be in trouble. Yes. And they show this, like they have like a camera mounted on one of the other jet skis and you mm-hmm. see him, like he comes up and then the waves coming and he like has to dart yeah. off. He has to like abandon her for a hot second. Yeah. And it's back. not like he's, he wants to, he's no. just like, if we're both under, we're all screwed. Exactly. You know? it's yeah. Like you, it's the whole, you know, put your mask on before you put the other person's mask on. Thing. Right. And but he really the big thing is he has to get to her before she gets washed into the rocks. Yeah, the major rocks because they're like right there by the cliff. Is it's not good, Bob. <laughs> um, but even when she comes out of that, even when she finally gets like pulled up on the jet ski raft, she's still smiling. Yeah, she was just like, and they pull her up, and like she goes back to the boat to kind of just like regroup herself, and she was just like. Man, those waves are like killer or wicked or they're something. Gnarly. To, yeah, they're gnarly today. That's right. She used some total surfing so, lingo. Sur- server lingo. Yeah. She's like, they're just totally gnarly today. And her husband's like, 
you could just see like he has like he wants he's so supportive but yet his eyes are like i, I love you and you're making me really nervous. like you are also certifiably insane yes. she's like okay i'm ready to go back out yeah she like she gets a sip of water checks on tobias and she's just like all right who's ready to go back out and everybody else is like okay, okay. <laughs> i thought we were Good. Like and like one of them's like, oh, we're not done for the day. She's like, no, <laughs> like no, I didn't, I didn't do the thing. <laughs> I got to get on the wave. <laughs> like but we're not done until I'm done. <laughs> bad as she is, she catches the mofo wave. Yes. So the second time around is very successful. Yes. Oh and, god, that's and funny. That, and that's kind of how we end. We wrap up with Bethany saying that being on her board is to this day is where she finds her calm and where all just. The stress and negativity and expectations for her just melt away. Like that's like her, her place that she always comes back to to recenter. Yeah, her board and having that control of the water and the wave and like she even calls it like her home. Yeah, it feels like home to her. Yeah, yeah. And so then <sighs> it ends with the beautiful song that I love, "Rise Up." Mm -hmm. And of course, I'm like I cry. And then there's clips. Um, like screen, like as the credits are going, we have clips of her surfing, um, accepting additional awards after, mm -hmm. I guess, after this documentary ended. Her husband, once really cute is like her walking, her husband walking along with baby in the little baby carrier thing. Mm -hmm. And he's like, you know, pointing at her out in the ocean and, mm -hmm. um, let's see. Oh, and then she's also teaching other young kids who are either amputees or have some sort of disability you know what i mean mm -hmm. but physical condition physical condition and she's like explaining to them like you know she uses the metaphor of a rose and she's like you know mm -hmm. this happens and you know and like she brings it back to her faith of god and mm -hmm. i like i think and i and she's also um teaching like a yoga class and like some other mm -hmm. you know training classes for them and and showing them how to surf yeah with with what you know how they can use their the rest of their bodies and mm -hmm. i'm just like get it oh, i love she you. just keeps getting better and better and then i i marked that this so like i guess this was probably filmed around maybe like 2016 ish or before that like around the time like i mean obviously it was filmed before Tobias. some of it was filmed before tobias was born and then mm -hmm. after but it came out in 2019 and the main help they got was a kickstarter campaign fund mm -hmm. and they listed all the names and girl there was a lot of names mm -hmm. of people that helped get this documentary Whew. released um, and then I don't know. Did you watch it all the way through? Through the end of the credits. Uh -uh, yeah. So at the very end, after the Kickstarter, all the names for the Kickstarter campaign and all the thank yous and stuff, um, they showed Tobias older, probably mm -hmm. like three ish now in this or m m older. Mm -hmm. And he runs over and he gets a children's book. And Adam and Bethany wrote a children's book Aww. about a little tiger catching the wave and like, but tigers don't surf and like how you basically just overcoming your obstacle to do mm -hmm. the thing that you love, but it's in a children's book. And I forgot what it, it was called, but it was just so precious. And they were reading it to him. And I was just like, I, I was like, y'all are amazing. There's like no garbage humans in this. I know. And like, I'm just other than ESPN. Yeah, they've got some problems over there, but yeah, he's just, they're just such a good pair for each other. Like 
as much as he adores her, she equally adores him. And yes. so like, true. She, like she's got such a specific like vibe about her and the fact that he seems to compliment that so well of like the yin and yang yeah, kind of thing. They're both very chill. They're both very humble, but just very small nuances that really help lift each other up. Absolutely. I love it. Now I'm just going to look up the unstoppable me. Aww. And let's see if I can get the little description of it. Cause it was just, so the story, so it tells the story of Makana, the lion who loves to surf, but loses her nerve when she wipes out. When her friend encourages her to go back out again, Makana summons up the courage and discovers the success that comes from believing in yourself and never giving up. And then it says here, as seen in the feature film, Bethany Hamilton, Unstoppable, this playful board book with fold padded cover will have little ones cheering for Makana and inspire them to stay strong and keep trying no matter what challenges might come their way. So sweet. So, and it was released in June 5th, 2018. So, but yeah, her husband helped write it. Actually, oh, it says here, it says here, Adam Dirks, her husband wrote it, but she did the illustrations. Oh, cool. uh, Along with Gil Guile. Gil? Gil Guile. She helped illustrate and write it. Along with her husband. Whatever. So cool. I just kind of as we're wrapping wrapping this up, like I just want to say that something I loved about this documentary was that it really shows what it's like for just a young woman to experience all the growing pains of having dreams, not quite achieving those dreams or not quite achieving them the way you thought you would, becoming a wife and mother, redefining your goals and like just continuing to learn about herself. Like I feel like that's that might not even been what they initially set out to do with this documentary, but it just but it was showed lovely. it so well. And at the time of the whole documentary, she was like 26, 27. Yeah. And a part of me is like, I'm 38 and I'm still trying to do that. Yeah. But it felt, like you said, it felt so relevant to what mm-hmm. we all feel. And But also, I love that there was like this underlying theme of strength determination and just overall faith in general in like yourself you know she has faith in god like just that like and from like and they all kind of weave into each other and she just gives out like they all like her family her they all give off all these positive positivity maybe it's hawaii i don't know but Mm -hmm. i mean i love just all of that like there was hardly anything truly negative like i know they talked about the sb awards and like the the way the interviewers always ask her the same questions but it wasn't necessarily on a negative or to like blast anybody in general it was just Mm -hmm. like even with the sb she was like i just called him up and told him i didn't feel that i was suitable for that category yeah, that's that's and then how she, she was done with it, and how she identifies. Yep, yeah, like, and then done. she was done with that. Like, okay, that's what I told him. Like, I think we made a bigger deal out of it than she. <laughs> we had a lot of feelings. About we had a lot it. of feelings about it. So, would you recommend us? Oh hell yes, totally. Um, I believe it's currently available to rent on Amazon Prime as well as Netflix. I had mine on Netflix. Oh cool! I totally missed that. 
I did a search and it was like it's available on Netflix and I was like oh good I don't want to I don't want to pay for it sweet because I had to pay for the last one so yeah. <laughs> it adds up after a while but it yeah really does yeah but Mark actually watched like part of it with me and he was like this actually looks really awesome and he's not really a documentaries person mm-hmm. so he's like we'll have to watch it sometime I say he doesn't like podcasts he doesn't like documentaries oh the podcast do for fun <laughs> He watches, let me tell you, not just that, I came downstairs, like, while he was having a, like, lunch break, Mm -hmm. and he had pulled up this movie on Netflix, and it's, and I, he paused it when I came down, and it said, American Assassin. I was like, dude, how many of these fucking movies do you see? Like, they're all made the same. I was, I was like, is this FBI or CIA, Special Ops, Green Berets, Delta? Like, who is this following? Okay, what country did they screw over? Or who screwed over us? And, Mm -hmm. and he looked at me, he was like, that doesn't mean it's, that's what it's always about. And I was like, really? Then what's it about? And he just kind of smirked. Like, and he, I don't want to talk about it. And he was just like, just give me a kiss and go on. <laughs> <laughs> we all have a right to love what we love, even if it is completely formulaic and predictable. I did watch like this one, like, it was a pretty bad movie, but it had Jason Statham in it. So I was like, I'll watch it because he's in it. And he just kind of gave me a side. I was like, shut up. You, you, whatever. And he was like, I have more than one type. <laughs> I just like that he's just so ripped. I mean, he doesn't have all that. How do you feel about him. Terry Crews then? Good. I just don't like it when he does that chest dancing thing. That's uh, really creepy. You don't like it when he makes his his ex aggressively. Oh, dance. like uh, that movie. Ooh, what is it? Blended. Um, with Drew Barrymore and Adam Sandler. Maybe. I've only seen part of it. Oh, God. And, like, the whole time, he's just like, I'm like, please stop. Please Do you remember stop. that uh, Axe commercial he was in a few yes. years ago where he was using the electrodes on his muscles to play the different instruments? Yes. And I was like, please stop. Please stop doing sex. that. Oh. I, <laughs> I love it. And it was just like, nee, 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 nee. Well, we will leave you, leave you with the fabulous image of Terry, Terry Crews bouncing his. Pets. Oh, sorry. Before we go, do you recommend the documentary? Yes, absolutely. I think this is good. It was rated PG, so there. Mm-hmm. I think other than like, I think it was mainly rated for that because of the shark attack and everything. Yeah, because it, it is some a few intense scenes. Scenes. In there. So yeah. I would say like maybe not anyone too young. I'm not, I might let Sabrina watch it, but I don't think I would let anybody, anything, anything younger than seven watch it just because of the shark attack stuff. Yeah. But I think it's really inspirational mm-hmm. and I just love her and she seems really amazing. And all of the other surfers that they interviewed were really cool too. I just think yeah. also it taught, it kind of brought you into the world of surfing without going like this whole clinical background of it. Yeah. And it it's, this is one of those documentaries that I could have gone the really like just, you know, super syrupy, inspirational route or could have gone the like sort of self-promotion-y route. But it really did feel like I'm getting a genuine glimpse into a really extraordinary human being. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. And I kind of get the feeling that she had a hand in that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because it's scary to put yourself out there on film for people, even if you've done it in a way for a lot of your life. It's still like inviting a camera into your home. It's more than just the camera. It's like boom mics and all that. Mm-hmm. I mean, think about Harry. Personal details. Remember Harry? Hey, is that thing edible <laughs> from Spellbound? <laughs> Sorry, I had just, we just released that one and 
I, I just editing that one. I was like, what the hell? I was like, what the hell, kid? <laughs> a lot. <laughs> Which, I mean, he's a grown-ass adult now, but anyway. Well, anyway. On we that. Know, we don't know what we're doing next, but hopefully it'll be good. I have an idea. Well, so you get to pick next. So yes, yay. I had an idea. Um, I don't know if you want me to put it out here. We stop recording and let's, then tell you. Let's save it for a surprise. All right. Surprise for next time. Yay! All right. Until then, I'm Sarah Duncan. And I'm Pamela walker Dees. Bye-bye. Thank you so much for listening. Our theme music is by Yov Aliagon. Be sure to check out the Motherhood on Tap page on Facebook. If you enjoyed today's episode, consider leaving a rating and review on Apple Podcast. It really helps to get the word out about the show. You can subscribe and follow Motherhood on Tap on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, and most other podcast apps. If you have questions or funny stories, you can email us at motherhoodontap at gmail.com. Partner with us on Patreon.com for special bonus episodes and help keep this podcast and the two of us in business. Till Til next, next time. time.